0: here we go episode 30 uh we're saving 29 so we've skipped to 30 for now um welcome to wednesday night 24th of march 8 30 bring on the boys how are we lads all right how
1: are you yes. good how are you, mate?
0: great to see you both on a wednesday night
2: yeah hump day. happy days
0: it is good. absolutely um we've titled this one save our scene which is uh, a program that's, or a um, a, yeah, program that's that's up and going at the moment to to literally save our save our music scene and gigs. So obviously tonight being the state funeral of the great Michael Gadinsky, I thought it was fitting that we'd uh, just touch on that program as well. Um, boys, did you catch any of that funeral or concerts? Yeah, point yeah well, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah, but in between dinner
1: and claiming that. Look, one of them um, look, icon's are word that gets banned around a fair bit, but he's possibly one of Australia and Melbourne's biggest music icons, isn't he? Or wasn't he?
0: Absolutely. He uh he did so much for not only music, um, but the entertainment industry itself and I watched a video on on his uh you know his bush big push to get that entertainment precinct up and going and I think that was fantastic to see. So um Vale, michael Gadinsky, young photo of a, of the great man uh in and about and also we lost a melbourne icon pierre baroni not long ago um around that same time he was a dj at the cherry bar for about 20 years 19 years so he made uh, this guy was around for a long time in amongst music and a photographer uh, and took some great photos of many bands so uh sadly we lost him as well um boys wednesday night um just quickly, I, I got out last night, snuck out and uh, and checked out a gig. Um, it was great when to have a Tuesday night gig. Um, when don't you check out a gig, mate?
2: That's, that's more yeah, of a point.
0: Well, that's kind good. of what it's all about, and that's the that's Save Our Scene component at the moment. To get out and see a gig um, is good therapy for anyone right now. So I went and saw a guy, Mitch Dean, uh, I hadn't seen him before, just saw, obviously, intrigued me with the Tom Petty covers, um, and he was great. There's a photo of... Uh, of him, and to be honest, uh, nailed nailed it, to be to be fair to him. Um, it was great to see. No one ever does it like Tom Petty, but he's, geez, he was good. So keep that name on the list. And if we see him again, uh, hopefully it's not a Tuesday night, but we'll get out and about and get there and see it. It's very
2: hard. It's very hard to be a tribute type of either band or solo artist, isn't
0: it? And Absolutely. You see, you see some,
2: you awesome. some absolute headset shoppers You think, well... And even guys that actually try and dress to exactly look like them, but it's just about the music, right? So if he played really good music, mate, if he, if he sounded like Tom Petty, then he's done his job. It would have been fantastic if
0: he did. Look, I think the great part about it is he he did put his own spin on a few things and he didn't try and nail it note for note and um, he didn't, you know, he even um, had some loops on the guitar and all sorts of stuff happening. So he, I think was great. And I don't, yeah. it's his first gig in, 19 months or something, he said, so, you know, it's great to get him back out there and back in amongst music and, one most importantly, supporting a venue that would probably have one or two people in on a Tuesday night. If you're lucky, a couple of bar flies um, at the Drunken Poet in North Melbourne had, was, you know, 25 people um, all all drinking and having a chat, so drinking soft drink, obviously, on a weekend, or a weekday, sorry, but uh, it was good. It's good to be out and about. It's good to be out and about. So, uh, Berkey, thanks for tagging along, mate as you do and berkey get back on the show mate we need you to have a chat about music this was, this would have been your night mate but i can tell you um just quickly and i want to put it kind of early in the show that we have got a couple coming up um one show i just want to quickly touch on is it's going to be next wednesday night with um a melbourne muso um dan Brody, superstar actually um if you haven't heard of dan Brody, check him out before the gig But he's back, back touring and touring some pretty big on some pretty big stages at the moment. And a good mate of mine, we're going to flick to show twenty nine. I saved the number twenty nine for a good mate of mine, Kerry Goulet, um, ice hockey player out of Canada. Played a lot in Germany and is now fronting up a company or a charity called Stop Concussions. So we'll talk about that um, on. We're going to do that on Sunday night, if possible. So yeah, lots happening. Um, Obviously, we. We talked just talked about the state funeral. Um, I was think it's incredible to know how many artists um, he's been involved with, Gedenski and Mushroom, and giving so many opportunities to so many. Um, Kaz, you got a favourite out of that entire list? It's a massive list.
1: Oh, look, I suppose look, you, you tend to sort of align yourself to songs of important or bands important <clears throat> times in your life. So, I think sort of my last couple of years of school, eighty six, eighty seven. Like Choir Boys and Run to Paradise on the Mushroom label, and they were—I think they had two big songs. But Run to Paradise is one of the biggest songs going around, and it still still gets played pretty regularly today on, on all the on all the stations. So I'd, I'd say them, and also um, I, I knew you'd ask me you this question. I was thinking about it before. Um
0: you oh, did your homework then?
1: Just <laughs> no. in, or just the working because he was pretty heavily involved with the um. Like the big days, sort of, where they had like seven or eight sort of bands. So I remember going to Olympic Park when it was still like the dog track sort of thing, and NXS, Jimmy Barnes, I think the Saints, Mental's, anything, all played yep. all played a gig there, and that was that was gold. Mm. All, all day gig in the sun.
0: Yep. Well, I'll uh, I'll put Billy Thorpe in my list um, as one of the. Who I didn't know obviously when I was growing up, but have come to know him recently. But hunters and collectors, obviously, been a big one of mine. Um, throw Bunsy in there, um, Mark Seymour. You know, there's there's so many. Um, Paul Kelly, obviously, uh, probably the the greatest. I think he's signed out of the entire list. Um, what about for you, Lovey? You got one?
2: Well, it's funny because um, so my dad didn't mind Skyhooks. Um,
0: yeah, mate. That's. <coughs> when- he, I think say, that's he almost his first love. Name. Loved the Skyhooks and pushed the Skyhooks yeah. when people um, didn't want to know him. So,
2: mm. well, speaking of not wanting to know him, I think Uncanny X Men dad even found them a bit weird, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but then, for myself, Call is weird. I think the, mo- the the most famous one I can recall is actually signed up. I know we've mentioned a few of the others. Colin Monroe. Now, if you yeah. if you want a success story um
0: yeah absolutely. you know
2: she she was she was trying her best as she possibly can in neighbors and all that sort of stuff and then once like emotion kicked in i think he saw something that not a lot of other people did and he took a punt like he took with so many other people and bloody hell she's she was almost as global as madonna and all those sort of uh those uh solo artists so and that all came from him and People also don't recall people forget pretty conveniently he was a massive influence on the Australian versions of the big day out Yep. as well he, he put in a lot of work behind the scenes those those big day outs in the late 90s early 2000s best concerts I've ever ever been to and I've been to yep. I went to a few of them and he was heavily involved in that
0: yeah he was so, huge on, on big bands and big days that's 100
2: percent yeah yeah 100 percent. Well, he okay, just knew okay. what he, he, he knew what Australians wanted from a concert perspective. Like, it, well, back then, there wasn't a lot of Americanism about it. Australians went about their music concerts a heck of a lot differently back then, and, yep. you know, he educated the international artists on that as well. So no, he, was, he, was, he was awesome. He was awesome in the way he was getting Australian music on its feet but just understood the Australian music landscape from a consumer's point of view too. That was, his, that was probably one of his biggest assets.
0: Yeah, and it was a classic case of when the chips were down and the chips were down anywhere. He was the first one to put his hand up, rally, and get a gig going, whether it was for the farmers or whether it was for drought-stricken places, whether it was mm-hmm. poverty stricken areas, whatever he could do, he made it happen. And right till Why they? right till his some of his last days, you know, he was behind the scenes yeah. getting the music bowl back up and going, getting venues going, had massive plans that we're going to hear about probably for the next two years or tours uh, that he had things on the go. Um, I just heard before Paul Kelly talking about backstage, you know, at uh, backstage with with um, Michael Gadinsky talking about um, with Archie Roach and talking about gigs he planned and the, the energy he still had at his age to bring bring gigs and every. I uh, just want to bring up this comment of uh, a mate of mine, Daryl Gard, who runs Parkside Feeder Football, uh, 58. And remember the man when seeing ACDC, Sherbet and Co at Victoria Park. Now we're going back a bit there in the 70s. So, um, and we're talking, um, you know, the great, the, the, probably the best, best schoolies party, as he as he refers to it as. Uh, he made it all possible at Fitzroy High. Um, like they're, they're those school venues that everyone still talks about, stood the test of time. Um, and there's that just doesn't happen now, right? He he discovered bands and put bands on stages that were never given opportunities. Um, and he, he did. Don't get me wrong. Um, he overlooked plenty, no doubt. And that's hence the reason this, uh, that other artists got to have other opportunities with other people. But um, I remember him when I was lucky enough to work at the tennis centre and a couple other venues, he had an aura about him. And it was always, mate, getinski's in the house tonight, just – be on your game be on your guard all that sort of stuff and and he was just he was actually a really nice polite guy that would always walk past you and say hello no matter how, how busy he was and he didn't have to do that i mean at the end of the day we were just staff working there in crowd control or whatever he just made sure that everyone felt welcome in his it was fair to say it was his his venue really wasn't it at the end of it um and i'd love to see one of those venues in all that area um or at least at least the statue we're got to get up the statue at least don't we we've got to do something there for uh there's got to there's got to be
2: something really significant uh, I, i'm sorry but the ARIA awards are obviously done or whatever they're called these days and i, I get that today they've named um best new talent for the michael gudinski yep. award that's great yeah, that's, Not a problem. That's it's yep. a great start um for me there needs to be something a lot more significant than that um sure whether it's at the front of the arts center whether it's at the front of whatever um statue name a building after him. name it name it name a entertainment venue after him
0: yeah mm. i definitely think we need a street <clears throat> or a lane um yep. and maybe we need a co-brand acdc lane given uh what he did for them so who knows who knows what'll happen who knows hmm. what'll happen but uh we've got plenty of time and not need to make any is there, an is there an old
2: brushes? is there an old brushes store still in birch street like we can Think an indie music store as well what are the brushes
1: and allen's i think is that the
2: Oh, it was Alan's
0: music. There's bloody, I don't know. What else Sanity, there? After that. Sanity. Sanity, Sanity after that. that. Sanity after that. There was a few. Yeah. Was a few. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a couple other quick quick gigs coming up. Uh, Favourites of our show. Obviously, Dave Cosmer has got a gig this week after he did a live stream last night on his EJ Isolations, uh, first birthday. So it was a year since he did his first live stream during the first lockdown period. Um, and I think he did about... 10 or 11, I think from memory. So hats off to, uh, for Dave and he's back out doing gigs again, which we saw not long ago. He's at the venue. I was at the other night. It's a, it's a Friday night gig. Um, I'm going to see if I can get to the corner and go and see this band flying colors who are great. So if you can get along to the corner, 28 bucks, get your ticket, um, money well spent and great to see venues, hopefully opening up a little bit capacity wise. Um, yeah, Cuz, you'll be happy. You're allowed back on the dance floor, um, and no masks, so you'll be a happy man, mate.
2: There you go, mate. I'd keep the mask on, Cuz.
0: Yeah, possibly. The, the well, you mask might have to are... put it, you have to put your teeth back in, Cuz. <laughs>
1: the mask is officially off, it's, it's, That's that's official now, isn't
0: it? I think it's Friday, isn't it? A Friday well, night. Well, yeah.
2: yeah, except in I think hospitals and public transport. So if you want to go dancing in a hospital or train, Cuz, then you have to wear the mask there. But Apart from that, go your life, well.
0: Still public transport, okay. Straight
2: down Power Road.
0: Yeah, yeah fair straight enough. Down Power
2: Road or
0: something, mate. Fair enough. Oh. Um, Cars being the oldest of all of us, just let us know how this uh, first jab goes, mate. When you finally get it,
1: oldest <laughs> is that a word?
0: I don't mean I don't mean the left jab that we're going to give you either after this show. What, what,
1: what about you go with eldest, maybe, as opposed
0: to oldest? Yeah, oldest. Olderest. I'm I'm just, I'm just making words up now, mate. It's no problem. <laughs>
1: Well, it's
2: not even eldest, cars, it's oldest. Correct. No, I'm an elder of the group, mate.
0: And if we're going to start picking on uh, the vocab, feel free to get ready to get stung. Now, speaking no, of that's... boxing, speaking okay. of boxing, we had a retirement today.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: now, is this the end for Anthony Mundine? Finally. It
2: will be because elderly citizen homes don't have a WBO title in their own category. So, no. Yeah, look,
0: there is no way, the no way that last fight should have happened with him and Zarafa. Um should never have been sanctioned. And to be fair to Mundine, he got up there today and apologised for any comments um, he made that people took offence to. And like Mike Tyson did not long ago, hopefully... You know i know it's easily said actions speak louder than words and i think he's still got a lot to offer danny green came out and really acknowledged him which we all know what danny green's like gentlemen of the sport um let's just hope that there's no doubt for the last 20 years they almost 20 years they have owned pay-per-view in australia and brought that uh to a great space so to the man Mundine. um I still love Chuck Mundine, always have. Yes, he's outspoken. Yes, not ideal in some comments and think, Chuck, why did you say that? Um, but from a sporting prowess, his rugby league talent was second and none for St. George. Uh, almost beat Melbourne Storm in a grand final single handedly. And then from there, um, went on to become a world class boxer and it's not too many people that are able to do that and stay like that in such a career for so long. So I hope Anthony can come on and, and train kids now, um, and, you know, give kids hope and direction, um, especially the indigenous kids and show them, um, what, what they can do in the world in sport, especially.
2: Yeah. Look, I, am um, I, um, I was always pretty split on Chuck. Um, I, I think he's, probably a pretty good example of why don't use sportsmen as your role models maybe use your own parents and it all starts at home but having said that um, he's not the first sports person to put his foot in his mouth on a number of things um, but you now he walks away multiple world world champion um, sets his own life up got great kids great family like anyone else has and I hope he does what his old man did And by putting back into the sport, he finds the next one to two protégés and bring him under his wing from a purely a boxing perspective because the guy could box. He could genuinely box. And, Mm. you know, become world champion just out of fluke. Um, I I was filthy. I was actually, as a St George man, I was absolutely shattered when he took off after the 99 season, like that grand final loss. I thought we had had the storm. I, I really did. And... Absolutely. And I thought, look, Dragons are sold up next year. I've got no doubt about that. We, we had such a massive front row. We've got him bolting around on the wings. And then he goes, I've had enough. i just I fell on the floor like I did the ninety nine Prillion in for Essendon that year. So 1999 wasn't a great year. But Chuck was um yeah, Chuck was unique. But uh look, he's been good for the He's been good for Australia's sporting landscape, and I think we just leave it at that.
0: Yep, absolutely. And on to the next, um, Tim Zuzo, man, now. So we're all behind. Absolutely. Um, he, he will be one to watch. And there's plenty of others coming through. So the sock, a, son of Costa. If a, yeah, if you're not a boxing fan, give it a chance, mate, because it's still an incredibly technical yep. sport. Um, absolutely. And Kaz, you and I are about to get it on soon on the boxing thing at some point. So we'll find, <laughs> we'll find some way. For, we have, uh, to find, have
2: to find oh, a date
1: for
0: that. Lovey all ref the uh, competition, so it yep. could be good fun. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on that is coming up, and it's right amongst us right now, is uh, This Girl Can Week, 22nd to the 28th, and it's kind of already mm. started. But there are events out there um, that are getting done, classes government-funded and all sorts of things, and I think it's just a really timely opportunity that we touch on this. Um, given that there's so much around this topic at the moment, but, you know, obviously men need to be just as big a push as women to be out there and getting active and amongst sports. But, uh, the, the fact that belief so to speak is probably the big keyword and believing you can do something men or women. Um, I think it's fantastic to see. So, uh, Dave Cosmas all up for the fight cuz versus cuz. So, uh, cool in this case so uh, that could that could be the that could be the title right there who knows maybe my
1: man the corner Dave
0: yeah maybe maybe Dave can be your man he'll definitely pep you up that's for sure
1: so oh, I'll jump in your corner then Aaron
0: righto I'm pretty <laughs> oh, mate, I'm, I'm pretty confident you made,
2: you made the decision you made the decision is you there guys beautiful
0: <laughs> uh what else is happening boys um let's talk footy for a second. Um, <laughs> I know we're going to Do jump around to to topic, topics here, but I think the great first great part is uh, yep. crowd capacities. Had to happen. Yep. Had to happen. And that's fantastic. Hopefully, they get it. i uh, sh- pretty sure it's in and done, isn't it? Before Carlton Collingwood?
2: No, it have to be. It, yeah. it is, yeah. unless we have a, a massive outbreak overnight from someone's toilet. Um, it's it's 75% tomorrow. So 75,000. Look, that's. It's a reasonable crowd anyway for a Carlton Collingwood game, even though they get ninety plus every time. I um, I honestly think that. Sorry, lovey. Yes, that, that's seventy five thousand. What do you mean? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, but, well, he's right. Dave Cosman's right. You do need smelling salts, your sleepy head. So I think um, this was. I'm brutal on this. That seventy five percent should have happened before round one, and we should be at a hundred percent now. But. Uh, 75, 75, I get it. Maybe we can go to 100 next week um, because we don't have a pandemic in Victoria right now. It's as it's yep. so simple as that. So should be great. should be good to look at. Oh, it's always nice to see the crowd in amongst a game of footy on the TV when oh, you're not with your teams not yep. like playing.
0: So. And I'm sure the players like it too. Um, yep. We're just going to get all our players back out there now. And a great uh, step in the right direction was Michael Hurley. Was, hmm. that? was that what I saw the other night? As in? Was he the trained? one that, was he the one that's had the leg issue? Yeah,
2: yeah, the blood infection. Yeah. He's, a
0: yeah. Infection. So, um, yeah, he's lost 10 Yeah, he's a skeleton of himself and, and yep. he's slowly, you know, coming back, but unbelievable <laughs> to have him back around the boys. And I'm sure the boys will get a massive lift from having back him being involved again. So, hmm. uh, you know, shout out to michael hurley and hopefully mate it's a long road back but you've already started that process and geez what a what an incredible moment to you know have to go through um yeah i really look at
2: it's very frightening what happened to him um you know i I think he's probably treating that footy club like it's his second home i mean Mm -hmm. it has been for 11 12 years now but even more so because of what's happened to him so yeah look it's brilliant I like the fact that you can get back into the club and that takes his mind off it too
0: it's really good definitely um danger pretty scary wasn't it um big clash no doubt and mm. was it the right call
2: absolutely absolutely and you will not i'll go hard on this one too um, he's a hypocrite dangerfield's a massive hypocrite if you're head of the pfa If you're up on a charge of concussion when your PFA itself or AFLPA has been pushing for so long to have concussion protocols put in place and to have mandatory weeks off and all the rest of it and to have harsher penalties, don't then get on your front foot for your own personal gain and try and defend what you did. You know you hit hit the guy on the head. It was accidental. I get it. They've been the rules for about three or four years with the head now and should have taken his comeuppance. Should have taken it. He didn't. Uh, I lost a lot of respect for Dangerfield the last three or four days. And that's two games in a row now where he's gone past the football and gone straight to the opponent. Remember Ballouston in the grand final? Uh, he needs to correct himself on and off field for me. That's
0: yeah.
2: three weeks. He's, that three weeks is adequate, 100%. Yeah.
1: Oh. I, think, I think football as a whole, obviously we've got males and females playing now at the, at the highest level. But I think that also drills down to your younger people playing it as well, that the way – talking, obviously, you know, as Lovey and I involve coaching at local level, you can't teach a lack of fear. But I think now the thing that I think junior coaches are bringing into their coaching is almost – you can't teach people not to be scared. You can't teach people who are fearless either. But I think the the, the reasoning and talking now is maybe we've got to teach people to be more what's the word, careful how they how they attack the ball, how they go into well, the just, ball
2: now. You can teach you can teach a footballer how to be more self protective of themselves. Yeah. You can you can teach that. Um, what you can also teach is the ability to not go past the football to try and iron the bloke yeah. He never right. went for the football. That's that's I the think, end of the story.
1: That's it for me. But, it, as we grew up as kids all of us watching 70s football even watching old film of 60s football as much as that's good to watch and they say it was tougher football regardless the the head is now sacrosanct and it's not touched so we need to just look after it so if you make a choice and look don't you a great player I respect him as a great player but sometimes I think he the lines are blue between player and spokesman for the pa and, and whatever but I think if you choose to go past the footy, all better off as to what what punishment you might suffer. I think.
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely. You do. You do the crime, mate. He he had to uh, he had to absorb that that uh, suspension. Sadly, and three weeks I think is about right. And luckily enough, the demons get the cats on one of those weeks off, so I'm excited about that. To be honest, I'll take it. Um, yeah, the Demons uh, oh, up and about, almost threw it away, but that's always a worry. Um, more worried about the Bombers, to be honest, who chewed up 40 points. Um, maybe the queue was in the rack. Who knows? What's your opinion, Lovey?
2: Well, so I was, um I was there at the game, and at half-time I, I remember saying Jeez. I hope I hope the second half's a bit of a rela- relaxation in terms of watching this thing and 20 minutes later <laughs> on the edge of my seat and just yeah. panicking and cracking the cracking the shits and and just thinking, where did our where did our work rate go? Um Hawthorne didn't work any harder. They just kept the football. We just did we stopped line, line pressure. Um you know that's it's a bit of an indictment on the attitude that we took out after half time. That's it was just it was all attitude and nothing else. That's all
0: we put it the to. Interested in your thoughts, boys, just before you do, because interested really in your thoughts about the mindset of being 40 points up. And when you come out after half time, obviously the queue's not in the rack, but it's a classic. We've just got to get the first couple, boys, right? And then that doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, 40 points get swallowed up. What do you tell What do you, where do you get out there? And how do you t- start telling blokes, boys, we got to stop this? Quickly, because it, momentum's a massive thing in today's game, and and it's obviously opened up heavily now with that uh, man on the mark rule. Cuz you North. go first, cuz.
1: Look, look at as Lovey as Lovey said. I, looking at that game as a as a sample size, I, I don't think Essendon played poorly, but I, I've been coaching footy for a while now, played a fair bit of footy myself as well. Momentum's an amazing thing, especially now in the modern game. So. Sometimes by the time you make a coaching move, whether as an on-field leader, rally the troops, the momentum's picked up that quick. It's almost shit. We can't stop this. And if you watched that game the other night, and everyone said, "Oh yeah, and stopped," and clearly at, to the naked eye oh, that looks like it. But the blokes who played well for Hawthorne in that second half, well, one's a Brownlee medalist. Jago Mew is a good footballer, and Burgon got plenty of it. So it wasn't – some of their kids did some nice things, but it was more their established players that stepped up at the right time. And I think that's so where – yeah. So, that's where you're talking, talking about leadership. Oh, exactly right. And that's what I think with Essendon. And, and I'm not a bloke who bags his club, but that's that's probably when the knock on Essendon and their leadership – when it goes a bit pear shaped for whatever reason, whether you're down by ten or a side's coming back at you, they haven't quite got that okay man on. Like as lovely and I say it as coaches, we say it now when we coach.
2: It's not it's even great.
1: that, cuz cuz it's even simpler than that.
2: Richmond Hawthorne of the of their dominant years, you're long in their dominant years. You'll find how many times did they allow an eight goal quarter? They didn't. And why? because their leaders stepped up and their leaders said, right, we've had enough of this. Um, we need to do something out here on the field. Now, we keep going. I know you keep talking about coaching, cars but it's got nothing to do with the coaches. And I find it laughable that, the, that Ben Rutten's been bagged by both the know. media and some blokes that actually should know better for mm. coaching from the sideline. I mean, it's got nothing to do with Ben Rutten. Yep. This is this is all about um Footballers and men taking leadership when the, when the whips are cracking. What are you gonna do about it? And unfortunately, no one from the Essendon Football Club did anything about it. You know, no one took the initiative, no one no one no one grabbed the bull by the horns. Cal Hooker should have just changed himself on the frager. Yeah. Francis should have gone forward. Five minutes really the third important, quarter. Really important,
0: do that. Really important when you got young blokes out there too. Uh, you gotta set that standard. You had I think you had seven debut players. Um hmm in and around there it's you know that's a big number and and that's a
2: good
0: sign that's a great sign it's a great sign daryl's just mentioning you know common sense in relation to the the, um incident we were just talking about before um feet left the ground so simple as that and it's more it was more than that obviously but the standard's now set hopefully and hopefully they can be consistent on that rule um go and freshen up well he's only had one game so he should be pretty fresh but uh (laughs) D's and Saints improvers. Uh, time will tell. Um, D's, mate, seen... mate.
2: The finals been, aren't they, Aaron?
0: Yeah, well, we're, being... we're already booking the tickets. The snow, snow season's <laughs> off, so. Um, but, but it can unravel he... pretty quick, mate. We've got the Saints who are up and coming as well, and I think that one's at uh, Marvel, and that that'll be tough. You know, um, they go alright. Don't worry, the Saints. It's going to yeah, be the only game, one
1: game I know, and it's a small sample size, but it was good to watch. Obviously, I was out Saturday, Arvo night. I saw the Thursday night games, saw the Friday night game, saw a bit of the Sunday games.
0: It was interesting. You saw the, all the games. Okay. Yeah. you got to get out more, cuz.
1: It was good to watch how the game seemed to flow pretty fairly. And, and I'm, I must admit, I'm a fan of that.
0: Yeah, some pretty yeah. big scores kicked and plenty of goals, which is great. But,
1: but I think I, I tend to, at the start, if you have said to me a week ago, before so this time last so for round one eve last Wednesday night. God well, can are North gonna be competitive? I've already said no, Adelaide no, Sydney no, Hawthorne no. But if you look at those four teams, well North weren't competitive. Think, apart from North and even some of their kids at times played some good footy. Yeah, it's we're going, going through those
0: things. I mean, Sydney were great. We know how good yeah. Sydney were. Um, t- great to I'm going to throw, throw something out there about
2: Sydney. Don't play Buddy. Sydney are actually better off with Buddy.
1: There you go. I well, think Buddy's done. Well, look, as a purist and lover of the game, I'd love to see Buddy get to that thousand goals and whatever. What a, what no, an I don't. Effort. If you're not up to it, you're not up to it. I, like yeah, it. I, I, don't, but, I don't
0: believe but, just giving him games, but I think Buddy's got to be out there. I, I think he gets one last crack. And let's see how he how he's gone. Um, the best, uh, best thing that I saw has just happened is uh, they've her and him and um, Jessica have just had a little boy, little buddy, and uh, that'll be interesting to follow in the next few years. The fight between Hawthorne and Sydney of who's going to get the father and son if if he lifts the kids up to it, so to speak. But who knows? It might be his daughter that gets the uh, the father and daughter rule. Who knows? Who knows what'll yeah. happen?
2: You're so only for
0: Richmond. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, any other surprises out of round one, boys? Um, I, for me, the surprise was Adelaide and how competitive they were, and I thought they were super. Um, I tell
2: you now, if I'm if I'm Geelong, I am a little concerned about how the game will be played this year, and if that's my close to my best twenty two, uh,
1: if we don't win every single game at GMHBA, we're in a lot of trouble. If I Geelong. went and watched Geelong play against Essendon in the community cup or whatever the preseason competition was called this year. And they, apart from Radaglia and Stanley as their ruckman, they were pretty full strength. And if I know it's only game, but if it's an straight it would have blown them out of the park. And I went I, went, I took Lucas, but I sat near a couple of Geelong supporters and they they had concerns then. And, and there was concerns going into that game about the fitness of Cameron anyway.
2: I'll so tell you what. Gamble responsibly, but good on Brisbane head-to-head this weekend. Get on them. They'll beat Geelong down there at GMHBO. No danger,
1: and they're not playing good footy.
2: Yeah, Brisbane absolutely. will hit back. That'll be good. Brisbane opinion. will hit back. That'll be hurt. Fagan, Fagan
1: spoke post-game. Yeah, because... As much as Brisbane are a good side and they're up and about, and I think a couple of us tipped them in their in our vault the other week to make to make the playoff, the big dance. You go 0 and two and you're under a bit of pressure early.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Carlton Carlton, Collingwood. Who wins it, boys? Carlton for me.
1: I think Carlton easy.